Welcome to your favorite F word podcast, where we dive deep into conversations around food, fitness, feelings, with the occasional fuck thrown in. We're your hosts, Sarah and Nicola, owners of Paradigm Nutrition and Performance, nutrition coaches, besties, and most importantly, humans. This show is for coaches, self-growth-oriented folks, active humans, or anyone looking to deepen their understanding and relationship with food, movement, and themselves. Thanks for tuning in, and we cannot wait to share this space with you. Yeah, sick. Sounds about right. Yeah. Okay, hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of your favorite F word. What are F words? Feelings, food, fitness, and fitness. Right, fitness. I always forget about that one. Friendship is another one. Oh, good, good. Yeah. Also, no, that's it. I got nothing else. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. If you have any other favorite F words, you just let us know. But for now, those are the four plus fuck, three plus fuck four in total and here we go another f word four (laughs) congrats on that one (laughs) okay Okay, anyway so we're in a mood that's fun and today we're going to be talking about how to define health for yourself and kind of exploring the ways in which like our definitions of health for ourselves have changed over time and leaving you with some takeaways to maybe consider. Maybe you are in the process of redefining health for yourself. Maybe you are a coach helping your clients define health and figure out within that what that looks like in terms of lifestyle and habits and things to focus on. Maybe that means goals, starting something new, you know, minimizing something in your life. Um, and really exploring like the depth in which our health extends. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Um, Okay. Well, my tendency when we have these conversations around (laughs) looking at the nuance in these topics is to explore the true or dictionary (laughs) definition of these things. And when you, when you say definition are you looking at wikipedia right now or are you pulling up like webster's well usually i pull up webster's okay well let's let sarah do her quick little google and what does the internet tell us that health is okay so there's a article here that (laughs) says there's two definitions of health the first is that health is the absence of any disease or impairment which I believe that is the dictionary definition. Okay. Sounds good. Which is like health is just the absence of disease. You're not sick. Mm -hmm. Cool. You're healthy. Okay. Um, And the second is that health is a state that allows the individual to adequately cope with all demands of daily life, implying also the absence of disease and impairment. Okay. So I think I like the second definition better. It feels a little more nuanced and leaves room for like, you know, not just to be free of disease, but to actually be living life. But Mm -hmm. I think I would take that further and explore like the different avenues within health um, and not just be like, okay, to go like day-to-day functioning, but to like enjoy day-to-day and feel good and and really inside that, what does feeling good look like to you? Mm -hmm. And when when we open the umbrella to all of those different components of health, that's where this piece that like health is truly individual 
comes into play, right? Because we are all very different human beings living very different lives, having very different experiences um, and different values that are really going to impact the way that we want to feel, the way that we want to show up, what's important to us, et cetera. And all of those are going to play into how we're defining health for ourselves. Mm-hmm. I think too often, especially with what we see in terms of like new clients, health automatically like is associated with a certain number on the scale or looking a certain way, mm-hmm. being a certain weight. Um, and so when we hear things like on intake forms um, in terms of goals, we'll often hear like, well, I just want to feel healthy. I want to feel my best. And while those are like great goals to kind of start and frame our work, it's really important for us, not only as the coach, but also just as individuals to really explore the dimensions of that Mm -hmm. so that we can actually take action. It's like great to say like, I want to be healthy and I'm working on being healthy, but what does that actually look like in terms of what you're doing day to day, week to week, what kind of consistency, what kind of flexibility, what's what actions are you actually taking to make that um, happen and to bring that kind of health into your world? For sure. I think too, with clients, a lot of times, and I know I've been here myself is um, saying that we want to feel healthy um, and we want to feel good. And knowing deep down that that encompasses a lot more things, but still having difficulties detaching that from looking Mm -hmm. a certain way. Mm -hmm right? Because society constantly bombards us with messaging that health equals looking this way or weighing this way. And if you don't look like this, or you don't weigh this amount, or you're not within this BMI or whatever, you are quote unquote unhealthy. Um, There is so much background and um, history behind how that has come to be. Okay. Because if we look back in history, what would now be considered unhealthy or overweight from a body size perspective on a societal level used to be considered healthy because those people were the ones who had access to food. They were able to get enough food to, you know, have a certain body type, whereas a lot of other people didn't have access to food. So that has completely flipped. And so if we look at things like that and we look at the history of it, there's not, health is not a look. Does that make sense? Yeah. You can't, just like when we talk about like comparing yourself or your process to people you might see on Instagram or on the internet or to celebrities, Mm -hmm. you can't look at someone and assume they're healthy. And I think we get ourselves into trouble when we say like compliment someone on the way they look and say, oh, you're looking so good but we don't know what their health status is behind that. They might be in a really dark place in their life. They might be really unhappy with the way they look. They might have a lot of underlying issues or health concerns that they're actively dealing with Mm -hmm. that we are completely bypassing by just commenting on like what someone looks like. Um, And so when we see bodies or physiques that we really like, we have to ask ourselves like at what cost, like, are they actually healthy in the way that we would define health for ourselves? Probably not. Mm -hmm. Especially when you reach like a certain level of leanness. Mm -hmm. And then in this conversation too, we need to remember all of the other factors that influence body size and weight. 
and the amount of body fat that we hold, right? Outside of our day-to-day habits. There's so many other factors, including genetics, socioeconomic status, history of trauma, all of these things that are going to impact the way that we look on the outside. And someone could be doing all of the actions that we would quote unquote label as healthy and still not fit a certain body type because of all of these other things. Whereas someone could have great fucking genetics and smoke a pack of cigarettes every day and Mm -hmm. eat coffee and sugar all day and not exercise. And they could fit this mold of like what health is supposed to look like, but are they truly healthy on the inside? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's so much nuance there, which is why it's important to have these conversations with your clients, to have these conversations with yourself of, okay, when it comes to being healthy, what does that truly mean to me? Mm -hmm. And I think like, I don't know if we want to go into the components of health yet too, but I think it's really easy to talk about like the physical health. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of us will equate that if not to body image, then to fitness, like, Am I able to go for a run? Do I have energy throughout the day? Um, Can I crush my workout? Am I eating like quote unquote clean foods? All of those kind of things. But um, mental health, emotional health, spiritual health, all of those cultural health, like all of those things can be integrated too. And I like to remind clients when they're defining it for themselves, like we can enrich our lives and like by proxy, encourage better health in a lot of different ways by focusing on things beyond just the food or beyond following our macros, beyond like getting in your five workouts every week. And by all means, those are great places to start. But if we're truly like looking at well-rounded health, we really do want to be looking at as many different areas as possible. Absolutely. Do we want to go into some of those pillars now then? Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, like Nicholas said, I think the two ones that we, especially in our industry and on social media and stuff, start to think about right off the bat is that physical piece, right? Whether that is body composition or our physical abilities. Um, and so I think for a lot of the clients that we work with, they come from like a strength training or CrossFit space. So a big part of their definition of health is being able to, you know, lift heavy or do pull-ups or like related to like those physical capacities in the gym. Um, but if that's something that's not important to you or maybe not doable for you because you have a limitation of some sort, there's other physical things that we can still focus on in our mental health or in our, uh, definition of health. Mm -hmm. Energy, I think, becomes a big one. I hear a lot of clients, um, and this was definitely true for myself, was just this like desire to not feel fatigued. Um, I know when I like first got into fitness and specifically CrossFit, it came from just like this desire to not feel shitty day to day. I was waking up groggy. I felt like I needed coffee to get me started on the day. And even then it was kind of like, you're just a little hazy. Um, I remember distinctly someone asking if I wanted to go on a hike and it would have been an awesome adventure, great afternoon and time well spent, but I was literally too tired Mm -hmm. and I had no reason to be. It's not like I was on a rest day or had trained hard the day prior. I was just like, "I, I can't, I don't have the physical capacity to. 
And I think we hear things like that from clients all the time, whether it's, I want to be more active in my life, or I want to be able to keep up with my kids or my grandkids or things like that. And so looking at energy and just like your body's kind of like, I guess, for being able to say yes to things that you really want to say yes to and feel good about that activity. Absolutely. If we're looking at that, that's where things can kind of like almost be contradicting sometimes, because if we are defining health via that energy piece, but we're also defining it by like looking a certain way or maintaining a certain level of leanness, those two can counteract each other sometimes because eating a low amount of calories is probably required to maintain a certain level of leanness, but that is working against you when it comes to having energy to do the things that you want to do. So how much value are we placing on both of those and what kind of trade-offs are we, are we okay with? That is part of this conversation as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely identifying your trade-offs. Yeah. Um, So beyond kind of like the energy, the training side, I think digestion is certainly something that comes up for a lot of people when we talk about physical health, Mm -hmm. Um, whether that's decreasing bloating, improving gut health in general, just improving your entire digestion. Um, So we can be like frequent poopers or things like that, not feel (laughs) nauseous, connect to our hunger, things like that are all tied to digestion. And that can be a, a pretty critical pillar of health for a lot of people. Absolutely. Digestion and gut health overall tie into another pillar that's really important in the health definition conversation. And that's going to be our mental health. Um, Our gut health really, really affects our mental health. Um, Our gut is like considered like the second brain and that piece can have a really big tie in. Um, But mental health, I think the conversation around mental health is becoming more I mean, just more prevalent and we're starting to place as a society, a lot higher value on our mental health, but that's a pillar that can often be kind of pushed under the rug in the pursuit of these other pillars at times for sure. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. So when it comes to mental health, that looks like, you know, really learning about what do you enjoy doing? What makes you happy? What makes you feel good on a day-to-day Um, from a mental standpoint and allows you to pursue purpose and feel fulfilled and all of that kind of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. It could also mean things like therapy, accessing medications for certain individuals, kind of recognizing or experimenting with different supports for yourself. Um, And that might be something like connecting to spirituality or developing a mindfulness practice. It might be setting boundaries, Um, it might be having more open conversation with loved ones, um, sharing your feelings, journaling, it could be so many different things, but if we have no outlets and are kind of just never paying attention to our emotions or our regulation, I think we're going to be pretty lacking when it comes to overall health. For sure. This could be another podcast. And I was thinking about this today, but, um, if we are so dissociated from that emotional side of things, um, a lot of times the barriers that we run into in terms of pursuing nutrition and movement pillars of health are strongly correlated to our emotional health, um, our emotional awareness, our emotional regulation. And so when we look at 
health in general. And if we're looking at kind of like a um, hierarchy, emotional regulation and emotional health would be close to the bottom. It would be one of those, it'd be like a lead domino where if we can spend some time working on that, it's going to have really, really positive spillover effects into lots of the other pillars. Um, So that's one that definitely, I think most of us could use more um, focus on for sure. Hmm. And maybe, I don't know if you have any other ideas for mental health, but something else I just thought of was like this connection piece. I think a lot of people are feeling really disconnected from others, be that like people in their close circles or just like to humanity in general and forming different types of connections, whether that's joining a new group, reaching out to friends or family and having conversations or just like being in each other's presence can be extremely helpful mm-hmm. and just like bring all the good feels. Yeah. And with that, this is something I noticed in Europe. When I was in Europe, if you're out at a restaurant, literally no one's on their phone. What? Like no one is on their phone in Europe. Like really? Yeah. And then you go to a restaurant here, like if Brad and I go on a date night or, you know, I'm at Starbucks today working and there's people like sitting there having coffee together, like their phones are out. It was just, it was really interesting to notice in Europe and Brad and I were on our phones a lot, like booking our next hotel or whatever. And I like almost felt like people were like judging us. They're like, right. Like, look at these. They're like, look at these stupid Americans. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I'm like, I need a Canada tattoo on my forehead, but, um, So yeah, like that connection piece, when you are making time for that, make sure you're truly being present. You know, that's a, that's a big one. Um, anyways, we're kind of like getting off into strategies instead of just considering (laughs) components, but let's go back to these pillars. So another pillar would be kind of like nourishment, nutrition, and kind of our overall relationship with food. Right. Um, so that's going to look at things like food quality, the quantity of food we're consuming, eating foods that we actually enjoy, eating foods that make us feel good, being able to enjoy social situations that include food, all of those things fall into that pillar. Mm -hmm. And nutrition, like just thinking about that, the relationship with food also relates really closely to our mental health, probably our body image, things like that. Um, Eating enough um, and eating like whole foods, high quality, and um, making sure the quantities are right for us, like that definitely will impact our physical health, um, our digestion, energy. And so a lot of these by working on one area are also going to um, have positive benefits for other areas as well. Absolutely. So those are some of the pillars to think about. Why don't we, let's if it feels good for you, do a little personal share about kind of like our definitions of health and maybe how they changed, mm-hmm. because that's another important thing is that our definite, our definition of health is going to change over time, right? As we evolve, as we grow, as we learn new things about ourselves, as our lives change, environment situations, our definition of health is going to change over time. And we don't need to stay stuck in the same patterns of working on quote unquote, our health, if our definition has changed and that's no longer serving us. Right. Um, so why don't we kind of give some examples from our personal experience of how that can transpire and look for sure. You get to go first. Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, 
I mean, I'm kind of in a transition phase right now because I feel like when I first got into fitness and got into this industry, my definition of health was very much based on the physical, um, Mm -hmm. body composition focus for sure. But also when I was like getting into CrossFit and stuff, I was like, hell yeah, I want to push my body like as much as I can in here and like, see what I can do. Um, and that somewhat served me for a while, but I also missed out on a lot of the other pillars. I didn't have much of a social life. I was like turning down social activities. I had a lot of body image stuff going on because I was like, so fixated on that. Um, the way I felt in my body affected my relationships through insecurities, through, um, jealousy of my friends, like those types of things. Um, and so I missed out on like a lot of those other pillars because I was so fixated on that one pillar being physical. Um, and I think these past two years with COVID and everything, um, I've almost gone like completely the other side where physical health has not been a priority to me. And, um, that's partially because I have like had other, I don't know, other priorities, I guess. Um, Mm -hmm. and I felt like if I wasn't like doing CrossFit 100%, then like, fuck it kind of thing. (laughs) Um, So I kind of fell into that kind of thinking a little bit. I had some other transitions. Um, but my mental health, and my spiritual health became a lot more important to me. Um, and this connection piece, especially this last year and like the group of friends that we have right now. So those had more of a focus and my physical health had less. And now I'm in a point where I feel like I've neglected my physical health and I'm like slowly getting back to that and kind of finding that like meet in the middle point. So I went from like one end to the other end. And now I'm trying to find like that middle ground where, I'm pursuing progress in the gym. I'm getting in there to move my body on the days where I don't feel like it. Um, And I am refocusing on food quality, which for a long time I was focusing on like more like a intuitive, like food freedom type of thing, because I had been like restricting for so long um, while still putting priority on my social relationships, on my mental health through like journaling, tarot, starting therapy and those types of things. So it's kind of like gone full circle, I guess. Mm -hmm. When you were like in maybe those like kind of polar opposite spaces, did you feel like you were missing out or at that time, did that feel fulfilling? Like to be just focusing on like the physical health versus like focusing more on the mental and spiritual health? It's funny because when I was focusing on the physical health, I think I just overall lacked self-awareness. Like I wasn't Mm. at the same like place of self-awareness and I was constantly convincing myself that it was fulfilling. Gotcha. You know, Mm -hmm. like I deep down knew it wasn't, but I was like convincing myself. But then when I was on the other end with like the mental spiritual, I definitely missed the physical Mm. um, because that's like such a huge part of me. And I was really trying to toy with, okay, is this important to me because I've always, it's always been important to me and it's just how I identified or does it actually make me feel good? And I've come to the realization, like, no, this actually makes me feel good. It's something that I like value in my life. Um, and like when we have a family and when I'm like with my friends and stuff, like 
being able to like go on that hike or do those things that is important to me. Um, so yeah, that makes sense. I mean, yeah, I definitely makes sense. And I think like you're highlighting like a few really important parts and we like bring it back to like defining health. I think a lot of people are like scared to experiment with it too. And I think like, whether we recognize it or not, a lot of it is, especially like, I don't know about you, but my early twenties became, if I look back, like it was all one big experiment in terms of like figuring out who you are for sure. But also Mm -hmm. for me, it was various evolutions of like a specific focus on one aspect of health at a time. And it really did take a long time for me to kind of bring everything full circle and really like interconnect things. For sure. So like, just like Sarah, I definitely like started out, or maybe I didn't even really start with like physical health. I had like a very, very healthy social life. Let's say it was maybe too focused (laughs) on social life. And I think at that part, that point was when I kind of clued in, if I'm getting burnt out from this, like where else can I focus if I want to like feel good? Um, and maybe from that, it became like more fitness focused. And I think when most people get into fitness, it does become like a really exciting, a really like, um, fulfilling, but also what's the word, not overwhelming, but it becomes a priority. It becomes addicting. like potentially yeah for some people addicting yeah um but everything that I was doing before especially the social stuff kind of like fell to the wayside because I was I found it so easy to say no to all of those things that I had loved just like a short while ago because it didn't necessarily like align with my new fitness goals which if I'm being honest definitely involved like losing weight and looking better um according to my definition but Mm it absolutely could have been both and it didn't have to be one or the other, but I, looking back, I probably wouldn't have been able to do it any other way. I had to kind of throw myself into fitness in order to learn some lessons, make some mistakes and recognize within that, what really does serve me and what really is healthy for me and what is excessive or what is too much that it takes away, like where the trade-offs, where the trade-offs are that I'm not willing to kind of sacrifice anymore. Right. Um, And I mean, through that, the biggest theme was like mental health was absolutely a thing. Sarah just wrote down, gym isn't therapy. And absolutely. (laughs) I was a person who was like, gym is my stress relief. Right. You know, my workouts are where I work through my tough shit. And that's like fine and good to enjoy your workouts and to feel a kind of like release from that by all means like emotions can transpire into physical needs and we can release it through physical expression but it it cannot and should not be your only method of coping with emotional or mental health concerns yeah and that's where these pillars like are all integrated right like we are not not all integrated but where we have to be mindful of all the separate pillars because sometimes we can make that one pillar like cover all of the bases for us. Yeah. It becomes our everything. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, that was something I was just thinking about. I'm going to (laughs) call, this is putting you on the spot, but Nicola is like, will cry during a workout. Like she's that person (laughs) that like her, um, if she has pent up emotions, as soon as she like, like she'll get into a workout and she'll just like cry. (laughs) 
<laughs> and I've done it sometimes. I've, I feel like you probably don't do that very much anymore, but no. remember when we were at fuel. I, yeah, we, there like, was a period classic, where I would cry again. all the time. Yeah. And it was like either during a workout that was just like, you know, a lot on my body. And I, I had already like been through or been carrying a lot of emotions or stress. Yeah. And it was literally like, I could not help it. And it would just come out and I would just be like doing (laughs) pull-ups, weeping, wiping my face, putting chalk everywhere and just like carrying on. Or I would finish a workout and then cry after. And it was like, that was a point where I don't know if I recognized at the time that like, okay, bitch, you need some more therapy, but (laughs) I think that kind of joins with my other area that I put a lot of emphasis on, which was my hormonal health. And I had a lot of like bad, bad PMDD for a long time. And definitely it was in those like PMS roles where I would be crying in the gym. Um, But it took me a while to kind of figure out my cycle and figure out what kind of supports I needed in place to really make me feel like actually healthy, Mm -hmm. where like my cycle wasn't controlling me. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. So then question for you, mm-hmm. how, if you defined health for yourself right now in a sentence, how would you define it? Ooh. Okay. Um, I think for me right now, health is being able to trust my body to let me know what it needs and to feel confident enough to go with that listen yes to trust it and to act on it love that that's good write that shit down (laughs) an instagram post (laughs) that's funny mine i think is and i mean once as soon as nicholas said that i found myself like thinking like oh yeah that that's a good one Right. And this is where it's important to have our own definitions because it's easy enough to see a stranger on the internet be like, this is what health means to me. And this is why it's important. And then you start to think like, oh, should that be important to me? Or is that in my definition? Right. And it's okay to get inspiration or to get some like thought prompts from other people, but we really do need to define it for ourselves. And so I think for me right now, my definition of health is probably like comes down to the same thing, but it's being able to like do the things I want to do and having the capacity mentally, physically, emotionally, energetically to do those things and enjoy them. Mm -hmm. And that like encompasses so many different things. Right. So yeah, that was just a little, little personal share. Yeah. I mean, I think one avenue maybe we haven't touched on and I don't, we're not experts in this field by any means, but I've had multiple clients when we talk about their definition of health, say that they want to feel sexy. And I think that's a great one, especially when you dig into like what it actually means to feel sexy. A lot of it's like confidence based, but a lot of it is like um, having a really strong intimate relationship with someone or feeling super comfortable in your body and breaking that down to recognize that that doesn't necessarily mean you need to look a certain way, but it's such a embodied feeling mm-hmm. and being able to work on that, um, both in terms of like your sexuality, 
your spirituality, um, how you're expressing all of that. I think that's definitely a worthwhile avenue to explore for yourself as well. Mm -hmm. That's maybe that could be another podcast episode too, because that's like such a nuanced topic too, because when it talk, when we talk about sexy, that can have a different, different definition for everyone. (laughs) For sure. Right. Um, and there are so many different things involved in that. Did I tell you that I was like seeing a sex therapist? Mm -hmm. Yep. I saw her only for two sessions because I just didn't really click with her. But when you like the first question she asked me was, what do you remember of like your first learnings of sex? Whoa. Or, like your first experiences with like sex. Well, I won't ask you. I won't put no. you on the spot. Say, what did you <laughs> We're say? We're not fucking but... talking about that on the spot. <laughs> but no, I'm curious because like I'm trying but... to think of mine and that's wild. Yeah. And so when it comes to sexy and when it comes to sex itself, there are so many things in terms of societal messaging, conditioning gender like there's so much that plays into that um and so that's an interesting one too but sexual health is a very important pillar as well right mm-hmm. um, feeling both from like and- yeah both from like a sex from a physical standpoint but also sex from like an emotional mm-hmm. um, standpoint as well so yeah another pillar there for sure Um, okay. Well, I think we should wrap it up for today. Kind of like the main takeaways we wanted to get across today were just number one, you get to define health for yourself, right? And that definition can absolutely and should absolutely change and evolve over time. Um, what else? Health is health is I was gonna say it's okay to focus on a few aspects or even one aspect of health at a time if you need to Mm -hmm. um and I do think it it takes some experimentation to really determine what it is that feels good for you and integrate it with the other areas it's lots of trial and error right and like Mm -hmm. the beautiful thing about this is if you choose to define it one way and you live out that definition for a while and it doesn't feel good guess what? You can choose a different avenue. You can I love choose. when you say that. Guess what? <laughs> guess what? <laughs> Surprise, right? Um, you can change that definition for yourself and you can take the steps required to start living in more alignment with that new definition, right? Nothing mm-hmm. is, the shit isn't set in stone. You know, if you decide you want to pursue a sport or a physical feat of some kind and you do it. And you're like, okay, you know, that wasn't, it's cool. I did the thing, but like, that's not important to me anymore. You can absolutely change your mind. So you don't have to know where to start either. Mm -hmm. You don't have to have a starting point. It could just be like asking yourself if I want to focus on my physical health, what's one thing I could try today and see how that feels. Yeah. You don't need all the answers. I just talked about that on my Instagram story. Yeah, today. I would argue that having all the answers doesn't really make for a good experiment either. <laughs> Fucking doesn't. What's the point <laughs> of experimenting then? The experiment is to find the answers, you know? Um, so yeah, anything else? I think, no, that's, really I think that's, yeah. Hopefully. If you have anything else to add to the health equation or if we missed anything, let us know. Um, but yeah, start exploring that for yourself. 
Absolutely. And if you are one of our clients or if you have a coach, this is absolutely a great conversation to have. Um, or if you are a coach, it's a great conversation to have inside those spaces because as coaches, if we can get a better insight into our client's definition of health, we can work on helping them develop the behaviors and habits and the strategies necessary in order to fulfill that. Yeah. It also might change your process too. Absolutely. So it is, it's a, it's a good one to talk yep. about. Yep. Yep. Okay. Let's do a fuck yes and fuck no. <sighs> um, okay. I got a fuck yes. Okay. And this is something I never thought I'd say. I really, really fucking love biker shorts. Wow. I never thought I would say it when they first became like trendy and like uh, were all the rage. I was like, I have stuffy little legs, super muscular. Like they're not going to look good on my legs. I am obsessed. I want to now wear biker shorts all day, every day. I have them in numerous colors now. Okay. What brand? Um, most of mine are TNA. Okay. I have some from H&M TNA. Okay. Oh, and one pair from Lulu. So yeah. Okay, so my beef with them for <laughs> any big-legged girls out there is the fucking seam on the leg part is so tight. Okay, I hear you. And then you it like try the ones from TNA. Sausage links. No, you need to try the ones from Sausage links. Because that's what I, I thought always, too. I literally like I bought some like Lulu, not biker shorts, but just like Lulu shorts in general, mm-hmm. um, like spandex ones. And I literally took the leg and I like like pulled the seam open, like trying to rip the seam. Cause I was like, these are so fucking tight. Yes. I, I have had shorts <sighs> like that. Um, they just have, they have a bunch of different fabrics too. Like some are way lighter. Right. And yeah. Some are more like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely. Okay. Well, definitely try them. Good for you. Also just like you can style them with like baggy t-shirts and like, that is a vibe for me yeah. right now. Yeah. I've seen a couple of cute pics of that. Baggy tees. It's like, I'm. Um, living out my childhood fashion again because that's all I wanted to wear as a little girl I have a vivid memory of um, being invited to this one guy's birthday party and it was like a prince and princess birthday party so like we were supposed to dress up right and my mom was away for that weekend but she specifically laid out the dress for me and gave my dad explicit instructions that like this is the dress she's supposed to wear to Taylor's birthday I show up in a Pocahontas t-shirt and leggings because Amazing. I was like, dad, I'm not wearing that. And he was like, fuck it. I don't yeah. care. <laughs> and then I get there and I'm the only girl, not like super, super dressed up. <sighs> it was a great time. Amazing. That's so funny. Your mom yeah. probably saw pictures and was like, what? Yeah. Literally that? there's a, a Polaroid of me standing with like the princess wand they gave us and the little crown in that shirt. I brought it home and my dad put it on the fridge and my mom was like, what the fuck? That's so funny. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, love it. Okay, well, that brings me to my fuck no. Okay. Um, because I went shopping on the weekend and I was looking for some dresses to wear to the thousand weddings that we have this summer. I feel like so many of the clothes lately are made for like people with no curves. Like I literally all of the styles, so like the like straight leg pants. Uh, or like the wide leg pants, even like they're like tight on my legs, but then like so loose in my waist, um, all of the dresses, like 
were like fucking so tight on my lats and like barely fit over my butt. And then we're like, I'm like, what the hell? And I'm like, okay, I consider myself to have pretty good body image, but like that will make anyone feel like shit. (laughs) (laughs) I was just like, oh, so it was a reminder that, um, we can't expect every single like style or every single like type of clothing to fit and feel good on us. Like it just is not, unless you are very, very minimal curves and like thin, it's just probably not going to work. There's like certain styles that I just won't be able to wear. But what's the takeaway here? We have to dress for our bodies and not change our bodies for the clothes. Exactly. Exactly. And when all else fails, I mean, you just get the baggy t-shirt vibe and rock it because it's liberating. <laughs> well, that's like I got um, four dresses and two of them are the exact same style. They're like a t-shirt cut um, with like buttons down the middle, kind of like a little bit tight around the boobs, but then it like flares out. Mm. Um, and then the other one is just like a baggy dress, like t-shirt dress, but like fancier. And then I did get one tight one from Maritzia that has like a, a cutout and you can wear it forwards or backwards. Oh, that's it's really cute. Yeah. And it actually fit. Cause usually those tight dresses are like, like my the bodycon ones. Yeah. My butt is oh, like so those. big that it fucking like yeah, it pulls does. it up and I'm like, yeah, you can does. see my booty hole. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> oh, but this one was long enough that it like still covered my booty hole. Um, and it's super cute, but I can't wear it to a wedding. It's like too tight. Um, You could wear it to a wedding. Yeah. I tried so many of those like silk, like those silk dresses are like super popular right now. No, 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 Absolutely. If you have boobies, those are, I don't have boobies. I I know, but I'm just thinking of like, (laughs) how it look like on me. Okay. (laughs) Speaking of which, maybe we'll leave it here, but, um, don't steal this idea, anyone, but my friend and I, we're like, we need to design a bra that can be worn for people with big boobs or small boobs, but is has like the band to like coverage ratio, but is also cute because like I have big boobs, but like narrowish frame and all like the bras that are supportive are just right. like ugh. too wide. Yeah. Too your wide frame or is too really ugly. Small. Yeah. Or I have to size down and then my boobs fall out the sides. Right. Little so side boob action. Side boob, super sexy. Not so much at the gym when you're benching and they're literally spilling out the sides. Right. <laughs> so these are specifically like workout, um, workout bras. And okay. we want to call the company tits and lats. I think it's pretty good. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. You want to buy in paradigm sponsor? Sure. All right. We've got a few investors lined up, so we'll, uh, we'll see how she goes, but no one steal that idea. I'll put this out there. It's it's our idea. Well, now we don't listen to the podcast. So yeah, (laughs) (laughs) we got some funny messages last week. Thank you to everyone who reached out and gave us a good laugh. We love you guys. AKA asked for nudes from Sarah that did you you send any? That'd be sick. I should have. Yeah, you didn't send me them either. So I know. I don't even have them on my phone. They're just on Brad's. Oh God, I have to text Brad now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, side note on like, well, not on really anything, but 
Brad was like growing his mustache, right. And his hair out. And he was like, I feel like a schlub. I need to go get a haircut. And then he shaved his mustache this morning. So I was really sad, but I feel like that goes into your, like, talk about health because like when we feel good, we feel good. Or when we look good, we feel good, you know? So like things like simple, like self-care, which sometimes can feel like super, super daunting, but like showering or getting dressed, shaving my legs, shaving your legs. Yeah. Putting on a little self tanner. Yeah. (laughs) Fuck putting on lotion. I literally have crocodile legs. That is also, it's like a crocodile bear because it like (laughs) is scaly, but also so hairy. (laughs) Okay. So Sarah's going to go improve her health by shaving and lotioning her legs post podcast. Um, and I'm going to go eat lunch. And put some biker shorts on. I'm wearing them already. Nice. That means you have no pants on. Uh, that Yeah, usually. But see, now I can wear pants. Right. Well, a bottom. Right. <laughs> Anyways. Okay. Well, that was a nice little ramble. Um, hope you got something out of this. <laughs> and uh, if not, we'll be back with another one next week. Cool. Okay, everyone. Thank Bye-bye. you for tuning in. <laughs> Catch you on the flippy flip. Okay, bye. <laughs>